Welcome to the Pace and Freedom with your host, James Pace, where ideas and voices are valued. No labels, no judgment, just conversation. On today's amazing conversation, I have with me Will Turbot. You may know him from his YouTube channel, Demand the Truth, and he is also a contributor to Auditing America with Mr. America, where they go around and do First Amendment audits on public services and government entities. Our conversation leads us to government accountability, journalism, conspiracy theories, and of course, talking about the Libertarian Party. But our main focus was to try to educate listeners, even those that are not part of the Libertarian movement, that are not Libertarians, just so they have a better understanding of where we're coming from, and inviting those that have different ideas than us to come and have the conversation. We want to talk. We want to understand your position and your perspective, and we want you to hear us out as well. So it was an amazing conversation with Will Turbot, just like all of the conversations that we have here on Pace and Freedom. Don't forget to check out the website, www.paceandfreedom.com. There you can access the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and on the website itself. So first, we'll go to the pre-roll, and then after that, straight to our conversation. Hey James, what you got there? Oh, just CBD gummy bears. Gummy bears with CBD, you mean? How do they smell? Just like candy, but with just CBD. Here, let me smell them. Oh, they do smell like candy. Yeah, it's my daily supplement that helps me with creativity and helps me focus on my conversations with guests and listeners. Check it out. JustCBDStore.com and check out all of their amazing products. Alright, I'm pulling it up right now. Just make sure to use my 20% off discount code, PIF. guys haven't already gone to his page like share and subscribe i'd be interested to see what kind of response that you got and it's funny i've been an activist myself personally for over 15 years now and until i met mr america i had no idea what a what a first amendment audit even was i'd never heard of i was familiar with the fact that people will film the police and so forth. And I'm out here in Rhode Island. So I know every activist. I know every single one. So when I saw Providence man arrested for free speech and filming, I was like, who is this kid? How come I don't know him? And uh, how can I get in touch with them? And uh, I found out that uh, he likes to film police go into public uh, areas and make sure our right to to use our First Amendment to peaceably assemble, to express our, our freedom of speech and to film is upheld. And I had no idea. I went in there to do a story. He's like, oh, let's go up to North Smithfield and, and do an audit. I said, sure. I don't, I don't even know what this is. So I go there with my, my fake microphone. I'm like, hey, guys, this is Will from Demand the Truth. I'm here with Enrique, Mr. America. He does his First Amendment audits. Da, 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 da. And then when we left, he's like, okay, next time don't say anything. These people have to understand that, yeah, you're just like a reporter and stuff. But the First Amendment is for everybody, uh, even just regular citizens with the camera phone. And since then, I've... Uh, I've been traveling with Mr. America, and I like to hold public officials accountable, not just always cops. I've, I've tried to do everybody equally, an equal opportunity offender. But, yeah, I think it's important because it's not just the cops. It could be Child Protective Services, DCYF, the government, the media. They have left people like you and I disadvantaged and not included into their system. And just now people are starting to get active and try to be included in that system. So, yeah, I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding between the government that we have nowadays, including the cops and all those governmental agencies, of what the proper role of government and their masters should be. And we are the masters of that government. Absolutely. You know, and you mentioned that you've been an activist for about 15 years now. And I also kind of consider you much like a true journalist. I'm not talking about these journalists like that are on CNN or Fox News or all these other mainstream medias who don't really cover the news. 
or actually do any journal investigative journalism at all. Something that I realized with uh, your videos is that you actually do your research, go out and try to reach out to these government officials. And that's what true journalism really is. And I wish that these mainstream media would actually do some of their true calling, which should be uh, journalism and investigative journalism and get true information, not just this uh, entertainment gossip and just name calling and, you know, whatever, just for ratings uh, to actually inform the people and hold government accountable. And that's one of the reasons why I feel that government isn't accountable is because they're not doing their job of investigative journalism. Yeah. And that's the media's literal only job to do their only job. And that's the founding fathers discussed this in their own writings in the Federalist Papers, even the U.S. government, which is unheard of back in back in the early days of our republic, actually gave money to create free press. It sounds bad, but they they understood that they would be targeted by that. But they thought it would be essential to have a country that truly had freedom. And nowadays, they have just become, I I mean, I would even say accessories. I would say partners to the crime because they don't report anything anymore. They don't dig on anything. And it's really people like yourself. uh, I wouldn't even consider myself a journalist. I would just consider myself an activist. But uh, I, I do do my own research and I do follow up on stories and I do talk about things that that the mainstream media doesn't. And I have proven to be to be correct in, in some of the things that I've, I've stated. And it really takes people like yourself that, you know, are fed up and aren't just going to take it anymore and, and are going to employ their own talents to do something. It doesn't necessarily even have to be media. There's a plethora of ways to get involved. But all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men and women to do nothing. And this, the media who are supposed to be protecting us from the government and questioning the government now they work hand in hand with them. I mean, the perfect example of that is the uh, White House press dinners that they have almost every year where, you know, Obama jokes about with all the reporters up there jokes about, oh, if, if you try to get with my girls, I'm going to I'm going to drone strike you. Ha 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 ha. And Bush jokes about the fact that he never found weapons of mass destruction. And they joke about he's the at skull and bones, you know, and uh they're just th- at this point, they're just throwing it in our face. So I think it's going to take right. way more people like you and I to get involved in a nonviolent way to do something because it's the media is out of control. Oh yeah, and like you said, they're they're in bed with these government agencies and and with the state. Uh, I, I believe that the government spends a lot of money investing into these mainstream uh, news outlets. Now they're trying to do it with Facebook, trying to get them to be a public utility. And that would just give them more control over the information that the general public gets. And it reminds me very much of the book 1984, where the government controls the information that you receive. And that's the information that you're forced to believe. And just to take that further to what you're saying, I mean, it, it really started in England with the Anglo-American establishment, our Milner's Playground, Cecil Rhodes and Lord, Lord Rothschild. At that time, before this group kind of made its presence felt in the United States of the Council on Foreign Relations, the Rockefellers, J.P. Morgan and the Dulles family, they tested how they could control media in England. And England was the superpower of the world in the 1850s and the turn of the century into uh, the 1900s. And this group, on record, they they bought up controlling interests at the Times, The Economist. They put their people at three of the most prominent colleges in England at the time, Oxford All Souls and Balliol. They also wrote the encyclopedia, created the Encyclopedia Britannica. And even a member of this group was Ryard Kipling, who wrote The Jungle Book and other famous stories. So at that time, in the late 1800s, any way you could ingest information in the British Empire was controlled by these people, even if it was fiction, pretty much. And then they came over here to the United States. J.P. Morgan, who was entered in the Congressional Record, I believe, in 1925, wanted to see what percentage of American newspapers he had to purchase to control what Americans thought daily. 
And the answer was 25 to 33 percent. And he proceeded to do so. And then fast forward to the to the era of TV. We have the three channels. One's at 30 Rockefeller Plaza. Then you got CBS. And in David Rockefeller's autobiography entitled Memoirs in 2002, he admits he met William Paley during his experiences in the Army, who was the head of the psychological warfare department who would go on to found CBS. And then fast forward briefly, you have Operation Mockingbird, where the CIA, which is forbidden to operate domestically and is inherently unconstitutional, spent about a billion dollars worth of today's money to buy journalists and propagandize Americans. And then all the way full circle, you have five or six corporations that run everything that we watch, all the thousands of channels, almost to a channel. They're run by members of the Council on Foreign Relations, the same group that was running things back then in suppressing. And then you have the 2014 National Defense Reauthorization Act, which Obama signed into law. And the business and Business Insider even has an article about this, basically legalizing domestic propaganda. So it's a full scale operation. And like I said, 60, 70 years ago, these people were uh, employing psychological warfare tactics. So it's, it's actually quite amazing that people like you and myself even exist nowadays. Right. And, and I think that's something that people will throw at our face. It's like, oh, if you were, if you were right about all of this, you know, then you wouldn't have a, a podcast, you wouldn't have a, a YouTube channel, you know, if this was true. But I mean, with any really well strategized, I guess, if you want to call it conspiracy like this, you know, you always have to give some leeway to, to convince the people or to be able to, yeah, of your lie, you know, of, of the conspiracy, not being a conspiracy. And again, I relate it a lot to 19, the book 1984, even in the book, the, the state would give these little bits and pieces of freedom to the people just to convince them that, you know, they were still free and that the state was just doing all these things to protect them. I've never heard of, you know, and I, I got that actually from a friend of mine who, who asked me, it's like, do you, do you really think you're free? Like the government only gives you so much freedom to, to make you think you're free. But in, re- in reality, they, they control every aspect of our lives through the mainstream media, through social media. I mean, look at all these memes that are out there. You know, they want to say that there was this uh, Russian intervention that, you know, in the, uh, in the elections and stuff. And I do believe that, that the Russians did have some um, interference, but I talked about in one of my episodes, every uh, political party had some sort of social media interference in there to try to sway people, influence people or. Yeah. And, you know, not only that, but if, if there's not a foreign government that's trying to to have their spies in here and to and to you know represent their government the best way they can in the United States, then they're not doing their job. The U.S. has meddled. Exactly. The U.S. has meddled in over 180 elections worldwide, according to NPR. We've assassinated foreign leaders, uh, duly elected foreign leaders, and former technical head of the NSA, William Benny said that there's no way that the that Russia could have done the hack. It had to be done by a USB or thumb drive, and they've done forensic analysis on that. And I think the even bigger thing about all this is, is my friends, my family, people on the streets, and I know you've gotten this too. Hey, James, you're crazy. There's no such thing as a conspiracy. <laughs> James, you're stupid. There's no conspiracy. Oh, but now we're going to tell you about Russia collusion, which is the same damn thing as conspiracy for three straight years. And it's not true. Meanwhile, if you really want to talk about conspiracy or collusion, let's start talking about uh, Saudi Arabia, Israel. Better yet, let's start talking about the Council on Foreign Relations. Let's talk about the Bilderberg Group. Let's talk about the Trilateral Commission and their undemocratic undue influence on these governments, you know. And so it's so crazy that the, the media, this is how powerful the media is. They have shut people like you and I up and called us crazy for years and then p- ran our own trick against us. And now people are exactly. so upset that, oh, you know, someone may, Donald Trump may have colluded with Russia. Well, guess what? Every president has colluded with the Bilderberg Group and the Trilateral Commission, uh, which is, you want to talk about real Nazis, 
you know, the, the Bilderberg group was created by real Nazis. So, I mean, I think a lot of people are missing the point. Oh, I hate Trump or I hate the Democrats. And it's like, you know, they've, they've really pulled a fast one on us. Oh, yeah. It's crazy how like, you know, and I, I, I call it enlightenment. I, whenever, you know, I have one particular friend of mine, she's, you know, it's funny because when people see us, you know, when we're at our gatherings or our get togethers and barbecues, we're like the bestest friend, but friends, but when we're on social media, oh my God, people would think that we hated each other and we don't, we just disagree. But I tell her all the time, I was like, once you kind of learn and understand the way I understand things, I call it enlightenment to really see how the the mainstream media and how government and how these other entities, like you, you mentioned, you know, the Rockefellers, JP Morgan and um, the Rothschilds have like really played this psychological warfare on our minds and convinced us that we have free will of thinking and a lot of people don't, you know, they just believe anything that's on the Fox news, CNN and MSNBC or CBC or whatever. And it pretty much controlled their minds. They're, they're prisoners. And when you get to the point where you and I are, you know, it's a total enlightenment Yeah, I agree. and scary at the same time. Yeah, it, it kind of seems scary at first, but I mean, when I kind of got into all this, I can't speak for anybody else but myself, but you know, when I was like 18, 19, 17, 20 years old, I'm like, okay, this is life, right? So I'm going to maybe go to school, maybe get a job for like 40, 50, 60 years, retire, and that's it. Like, <sighs> that's kind of boring. And then the, all the stuff they teach you in school, it's like, huh? And rather than kind of get scared. I know a lot of people that get a little scared and frightened by all by all this stuff. And and there's ample reason to be frightened by, you know, some of the things that are going on in the world. But it, I do think I would agree with you. It's an enlightening thing. It kind of, you know, in school, you're you're taught the coincidence theory and you're taught thought taught that, you know, all this stuff happens randomly on the world stage and historically. And once you find out these other pieces to the puzzle, it makes actually makes history interesting and it makes the world more interesting. And you start seeing these symbols everywhere and it kind of fills in the missing puzzle pieces. So I would agree with you totally. It is enlightening. And, you know, there's a lot of people that don't want to face this because it's a scary thing. It's a lot. You know, who wants to who wants to hear or who wants to except even more importantly that hey, the government's poisoning us and they've been caught lying and in, in you know trafficking children and getting us into these illegal wars people don't want to hear that and it's it's it right. takes a really truly humble person to be enlightened i think that's what it is because when you're faced with the prospect that everything you've ever been told is a lie and some of that comes down to your personality maybe the music you, you listen to it takes a truly humble person to say you know i was I was wrong about maybe everything. And, but it is, I don't want people to be afraid because it is really an empowering thing. Knowledge is power. And once you learn about these things, you mean, not only can you take advantage of um, on the bigger things in life, but I mean, just certain everyday things, you, it's not, it's not as easy to be conned and you can use these things in a beneficial way to your life economically in other ways. So I I would totally agree. This is a very enlightening thing. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking also about you mentioned not being conned and I see it in the in the form of now with taxes, for example, right? We, you know, as a libertarian, I'm a firm believer of taxes being theft, you know, and you can't really get away with not paying taxes unless you want to get thrown in jail, even though it was admitted by the IRS that taxes in particular, the income tax is voluntary, but they forcefully take it from us. It's they con you in the idea that taxes are used for things that we need as a society. It's the price we pay for a civil society. Sometimes I've heard, and that's like one of that's a con right there that I think about every day. Ever since you know I started thinking about some certain truths in society and in life and the 
it's so frustrating for me to the, to try to convince people, hey, you know, <laughs> taxes is not paying anybody but the people in power. That money is going straight to their pockets in one way or another. It's it's money laundering. And to try to explain that to people and for them not to get it sometimes can be a little irritating, uh, at least for me anyways. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, even for people that understand, well, hey, maybe – there are chemicals in the water. And aside from that, maybe the government did do a bad job in Flint. And hey, you know, maybe the GMOs aren't bad. Or hey, maybe we were lied to about the events of September 11th and so on and so forth. There's a whole litany of different topics. It even, it, it is really difficult. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way small government and anarchy has been portrayed before. When anybody says anarchy, what, what what comes to your mind? You think of people in, in black hoodies and black masks, like throwing things and setting fire to things. And to your point about taxes, it, it really is. I mean, it's like taking the water out of the fishbowl because for so long we have been inundated and just surrounded with, you know, taxes is the price we pay to play in a civil society. Well, if, uh, if George Bush, John Bolton, Barack Obama, if, if you guys consider uh, endless wars, 180 military bases, if, if you guys consider this a civil society, then I would I would beg to differ. And you're absolutely right. right. This is not a con- taxation is absolutely theft for a number of reasons. One, they're taking your money and they're not you didn't agree to that money. Now, that's supposed to be the charity. Right. And but, but as you said, that money doesn't even go where it's supposed to go. The money's supposed to go help fix the roads. The roads are crap, right? The the money is supposed right. to go have a better education system. But what ends up happening is if you take a look at a, a chart of how our money is spent, it's all in the military industrial complex and then very small other portions from there. And that's the thing is we can't trust these people. And, and it really comes to the fact that, you know, we're letting other pe- people run our lives by sending our tax money. If you want to do charity, that's fine. There's a whole bunch of great charitable organizations, but to, to have your money taken from you from the government under the auspices of charity and having it go to the military, it, and it, it's it's a totally different thing. And it is a very tough thing for people to grasp that, hey, you know, it, 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 they, it, it's really tough. And like you said, too, you know, you don't pay your taxes, you're going to jail. So right. we need to get to the point where we can educate people to uh, the fact that it, at least the income tax, I mean, the income tax is, is inherently unconstitutional. As you said, we have, the, uh, anybody hasn't seen America, freedom or fascism, go check that out. We have the guy that wrote the tax code. He's on video too, admitting there's no law that requires you to pay that. But we need to get to the critical mass. And part of what gets us to the critical mass is taking just uh, this, not just this po- podcast, but all these podcasts that, uh, that Mr. Pace has done and sharing them because yeah, sure. You might know about this, but there's a lot of people out there that don't and don't take my or, or Mr. Pace's word for this. Find out that the income tax is illegal and unconstitutional. Cause right now, if I don't pay my income tax, they're going to come drag me and take me to jail. But if everybody in the state of Rhode Island doesn't pay that, they're going to have a, a, a heck of a tougher time trying to bring us all to jail. Right, man, Rhode Island. Yeah. If it was all of Rhode Island, that would be, Interesting. But imagine all of California not paying taxes. Oh, my gosh. And then that's the thing, too. And this is, you know, people say, oh, well, we can't have anarchy because the the biggest bully would get in charge. And I say, well, what happens is when you do have anarchy, the biggest bully can't just use his physical might to beat you up. It could be Hitler. It could be John Bolton. It could be George Bush. And they could just use the entire might of the military industrial complex in the U.S., um, Army, Navy, Marine, Space Force to come after you. And 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 the thing is, we're going, I don't know when it's going to happen, because I feel like with the Federal Reserve and with the $23 trillion that were in debt, you know, they can do quantitative easing or they can, you know, print some more money or they can, you know, raise or lower interest rates. But every time we do that, it's like the United States is in a basketball game. We're down 200 points. There's about 13 seconds left and we keep calling time out. So, you know, we're going to keep paying taxes. And but unfortunately, the government is so inefficient 
that not only has it taken, God only knows how many ta- dollars of tax money from us, but they've still managed to end up $23 trillion in debt in, on top of that. And the money's not going where it's supposed to. It's all going to the military industrial complex. And as someone famously said, the only difference between the government and the mafia is the mafia actually turns a profit. Right. Well, and, you know, the government does turn a profit, but towards the people they want the profit to go to, you know, the whole thing is it's a, it's a huge money laundering scheme, right? They, a lot of the people that are in that military industrial complex were people that were either in the military and the government that had influence in passing these budgets and getting these people elected. So that way, when the government decides where to put this money at, it's putting it into, into the pockets of the people that are in power. You know, I remember I served 14 years in in the military and I would remember I had this one admiral who was our, our admiral for our fleet. And when he retired, he went to work. He was on the board of uh, Raytheon and he they he managed to get a contract for a new system for ships and he understood how that worked and now is receiving the kickback for it right to convincing the cno to hey get the contract with raytheon for this system it'll benefit us you know using his relationship and influence with other officers and making money off of it right yeah and it's uh, just briefly. It's not even just the military. It happens with the FDA, the CDC, happens with Big Pharma, exactly. Monsanto. The government is just a rotating door, and that's what happens when the government is so bloated and so huge. Then it's easy for large corporations to say, "Okay, there's power here. Let me try to to subvert that power." Exactly. And we can go all day long with all of this information and try to prove it to people. And at the end of the day a lot of people will just say, you know, these are just crazy conspiracies. But as you said, if you would just take the time to really, you know, step back and look at the, the entire picture, you'll reach that. What, you know, like I said, what I like calling enlightenment. So hopefully people will get there. I think more and more people are getting there. I've noticed, you know, at least with my podcast, I never would have imagined convincing, you know, I might not convinced entirely uh, some people, but, they're starting to question certain things. And I think that's where it starts is to question government and what they're doing, question what's going on, question the the mainstream media. And once you start questioning these things and, you know, you'll, you'll find certain truths and you'll find more and more truth to the point where you, you get to where we're at. Right. Yeah. And anybody that's out there listening, thinking we're crazy conspiracy theorists, uh, I, I defy you to find anything that I've said on my channel or on any of my videos ever that has been factually incorrect. Up front, I will mention that I called Seth Magaziner the lieutenant governor. I misspoke one time. He's actually the general treasurer. And I also said that Bohemian Grove, I don't know why, was in Florida when it's actually in California. So I've made a couple mistakes, but I've never said anything that was factually incorrect. I only cover things that are out of somebody's book, out of a document, out of their own mouth, or out of the mainstream news. And I always implore people, like you said, you got to question things. And that's what the Socratic method is. You keep questioning until you find out the heart of things. And that's why that's one of the three things that demand the truth stands for is being peaceful, being nonpartisan, and using the Socratic methods, because we have to keep questioning. But to your point about, you know, crazy conspiracy, whatever, the Bilderberg Group, when I first started talking about it, they said it didn't exist. Well, guess what? Now there's a website and the news talks about it. Not a lot, but they talk about it. The Federal Reserve it, uh, exists. It's illegal. It's unconstitutional. It goes directly against Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. Trilateral Commission, they got their own website. So does the Council on Foreign Relations. You can go there and check out the members. They have a membership list as well as a corporate membership list. Everything I'm saying, as a matter of fact, I have two books in my hands as we speak right now. One of them is the aforementioned 1984, and the other one is Tragedy and Hope. It's by Carol Quigley, who was a Georgetown historian, author, and uh, professor. He's no conspiracy theorist, and he documents all this. So everything that 
I've I've said is undeniable. It's completely non-debatable, and it's all factual there for anybody to see. So it's not like this big, crazy, down-the-rabbit-hole stuff. The information is here. I mean, anybody can pick up David Rock. I'll start with one book. Anybody can go online, pick up David Rockefeller's autobiography entitled Memoirs, written in 2002. In that book, he talks about how he met the head of CBS when he was doing psychological warfare. He talks about him meeting with uh, some of these nefarious foreign leaders. He talks about what he did at Chase Manhattan Bank. He has an entire chapter called Proud Internationalist, where he talks about the Bilderberg Group, and he talks about the Trilateral Commission. And on page 406, he I'm paraphrasing here, he says, some even think that me and my family and friends are part of a secret cabal working together against the best interests of the United States. If that's the charge, I'm guilty and I'm proud of it. So these people admit it in black and white in their own books. So it's no conspiracy. It's actually to the contrary. They're throwing it in our faces. And that's part of the reason I'm so active. It's because it's like, it's like Marty McFly. They're sitting there, they're laughing at you. You're calling you chicken. <laughs> they're throwing it, they're shoving it right. down your throat. So, I mean, we, we need to be active on a nonviolent way because this is all factual and they're laughing at us. So I want to talk about the nonviolent way of doing things, right? The, uh, and, you know, we call it the uh, non-aggression principle. I think that's a perfect segue into, I kind of want to touch on Antifa, right? And people call people like you and I, uh, you know, anarchists. I don't really consider myself a complete anarchist. I don't know if you do or not, but I, I sometimes lean towards that direction. I would, yeah. But, <laughs> and, uh, you know, people say that we're just a nuisance to society. Uh, we cause problems. We cause um, discord, I guess, negative discord. In society, yet they'll cheer on these groups like Antifa who are truly violent or incite violence through dividing us as a people, as a society, by having these different tribes. Yet here you and I are, we're not doing anything, we're not harming anybody. Uh, we're just putting out information and we are the aggressive. And, and that's because people like yourself are the true threats that have to be neutralized. It's because you're speaking, you're, you're very well-spoken, you're passionate, you're articulate, you've served this country, you know what you're talking about, and you're not calling for violence. As John Lennon said, once the system's got you down to being violent, they know how to deal with you. The, the only thing that the system can't deal with is nonviolence and humor. So they want violence. They want us Antifa and resist Marxism fighting with one another. So they can come up with their police state afterwards and, and clean things up. Because Antifa is no real threat to the state, and neither is resist Marxism. And as a matter of fact, I have some evidence here, at least locally, that the teachers union, which is also part of the social workers and the media union, and are also behind some anti-gun legislation, are also we're actively working with Antifa. So Antifa is like the low-level army of the left wing bird of of the same bird of prey, but yeah, the, the, that's why people like Martin Luther King was killed because he was talking. He was intellectual. He was talking about joining together and being nonviolent. Malcolm X was fine when he was talking about hey, let's separate and white people are bad. But then when he came back from Mecca and said, oh, I saw white Muslims and we're all one brothers and actually actually this, then hey. Malcolm X is out the door. JFK, RFK, they're out the door. Those are the real threats because, right. you know, the government knows how to deal with violence. Hey, yeah, yeah, violence, yeah, we'll hose you down, we'll spray stuff in your face, and then we'll lock you up. But the biggest threat to the government is somebody like James Pace who's saying, hey, here's some factual uh, inaccuracies about what the government's saying, and let's, let's try to wake people up and do something about that nonviolently. That's the biggest threat there is. Right. And... What I've been trying to do, at least with my platform, is to bring people in peacefully from whatever spectrum, political spectrum you're part of, and have these peaceful civil discord conversations. And because that, because you and I are portrayed as these evil, somehow violent uh, people, 
people are afraid to come on and talk about us. You know, I've been trying to shoot to have a Democrat on my show uh, desperately. You know, I, at this point, I don't even care if you're, you know, you have no. Yeah, you're not going to get a Democrat I guess, on your show, bro. I've gotten maybe one. I know, I, right? I always try to do it. <laughs> Republicans will at least talk to you. And I go to these events all the time. I go to, I, I go to events all the time. I mean, I have like 161 videos on my YouTube channel that's just on location, left wing, right wing, and you know things have changed under George Bush. The the liberals were the ones speaking out against the war and stuff like that. Then Obama came. All the war protesting stopped, and he increased the wars. He said he was going to go against. But now we do live in a different paradigm. Uh, I will give the right wing credit because every time I go to one of these things, the right wing will talk to you. They will talk to you and get in your face, but the left wing barely, if ever, will talk to you. And I I, I don't know what that is. Part of it is I've got pictures and videos of people and even pamphlets saying, don't talk to anybody because that's how this works. You know, the left's ideas now, and I hate the left and the right, but they're, it's basically a house of cards and built on a number of logical fallacies. And that's why they don't want to be engaged because that would quickly be exposed. And that's the way they keep their, their herd in line. So I, I would agree right. with you there. And, you know, but what you're saying is absolutely right. We need to, to your point, we need to get together on both sides of the political spectrum. One of the things that I did and uh, hasn't been too successful, but we're going to start it back up again is I created this group called the Open Minds Alliance. Anybody can do this in, in their neighborhood, town, city, state, where I just said, hey, you know what? Left, right, uh, Christian, Satanists, let's get together. We can agree on a few things. We can agree on legal wars are bad, trial trafficking is bad, and you know, you don't even have to worry about even getting political. Do park, We did a bunch of park cleanups, homeless drives, um, cleaning up the streets, stuff like that. And then when you go to talk to somebody, then you are like, oh, it's not just Will, the crazy tinfoil hat dude. It's the guy that helps clean up the parks <laughs> and the things. And and that's the way we really work together. And, you know, I, uh, I've i went to a number of these resist Marxism Antifa events from D.C. to New York to Boston to Providence. And uh, I search around for for people to talk to and try to engage. I've had a couple I've had actually the first ever I'm proud to say the sit down between a member of Antifa and one of the leaders of resist Marxism that gets no views. But when I'm pretending um, dressing up as a cop or I'm pretending that I'm getting kicked out of NASA, (laughs) you know, that, that goes, that goes viral. So, or or at least viral compared to my work. So uh, it's true. And, you know, a lot of people, and a part of that also goes to this instant gratification, dopamine hit all the time culture that we're living in. People just don't have the attention span now to they rather see cops facing off and people throwing stuff at each other than you know a thoughtful discussion because they just they just don't have the attention span i think it validates that uh idea that you know the status have put into them is that these guys are just crazy right and that's the frustration i have and that's funny because that again it leads into something else now that i just was thinking about while you were talking about that you know how like you created these videos where you were dressed up as a cop or you know getting kicked out of uh nasa and that got more attention than you know your other videos that to me like is so frustrating because i see it like for example in the libertarian party you know and this is not to really negatively criticize anybody or like make you know fun of them or to be mean to them but it is frustrating to me when i see you know for example in the libertarian party where people have to do these crazy just off the wall things to grab attention for example in one of the libertarian uh, conventions i forgot who it was we talked about it in one of my episodes where this guy like jumped on the stage naked to you know to give some sort of speech. And it's like, this is why people don't take us seriously is because they see stuff like this. It's like, well, why should I take the Libertarian Party seriously, right? Or you have Vermin Supreme. I think he's a very intelligent person, but you know, to wear a boot on your head to grab attention, people are never going to take what we have to say seriously. And But I get the idea where, you know, well, that's the only way I can get attention or get views to me, it's very frustrating because it just, I feel like it does a negative service to trying to get the truth out, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, that's why it's so important that we 
get more people like you out there. And that's, and that's the biggest thing is like right now, like I'm, I'm easy to be marginalized and be, and so are you. And to be, I mean, you're, 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 you're very well spoken. And like me, I kind of, I kind of like, sometimes I'll dress up and wear a suit. Sometimes I'll just wear a backwards hat and stuff like that. And, and, and act how I want to act, you know? And so it's very easily, it's very easy to dismiss or marginalize me when I go to the state house. Oh, it's just one person asking these questions, you know? Oh, it's just one person out there doing this. And you're right. When, when good people, like the people listening to this podcast sit here and well, I'll wait till I get a better camera or, you know, I'll wait till I have a little less time at work or I'll wait till this. Well, guess what happens? Then Vermin Supreme gets out there and he represents for you. Right. So it's bad enough that we have, uh, you know, John Bolton out there representing for us, you know, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, all these people out there representing for us. George Bush, who the hell does he represent? Right. But right. But we need. And then and then this is what happens when, you know, because these people are not leaders. We, we there are public servants. And so when you let your employees off the hook for so long and you don't follow up with them and you don't be a part of that system, then you're going to have people like this running around. And it's so important. That's why I beg all the people listening, get in touch with James and or just do something yourself because we need the smart people, the well-established people. We need more veterans talking. We need scientists, school teachers. We need people from the, you know, from CEOs. We need smart, legitimate people speaking out against this because otherwise it's just going to be vermin supreme. And then, and then the government's going to be like, Oh, look at this idiot and uh, status quo. Right. Exactly. And I think I get, you know, being a libertarian, I get, we, you know, we all have the uh, right for freedom of speech and, and to express yourself and, and I'm okay with that. I just really wish the libertarian party would do a better job and kind of, I don't want to say rein in, some of these characters in our party, but to at least be, you know, have a better PR system where, you know, we can say, okay, you know, Vermin Supreme, like I just did, you know, he's an intelligent person. He's a good guy, but just keep in mind, these are, you know, kind of the people that you should listen to. And, you know, if you want to take it a little bit more serious and actually learn something to go out to these people. Right. And I feel like, I don't know if it was because of myself and maybe a few other podcasters that finally had enough, you know, and have been calling out the libertarian party on this. I feel like maybe in the last few months, they've done a little bit, a better job. This last debate that they did. And uh, I believe it was in um, Atlanta. They did a, a little bit more. It was a lot more formal, a lot more, uh, you know, well thought out questions and I was actually pretty satisfied with that. And I, and I, I felt a little bit more comfortable sharing that video of that debate than past debates where you have people like Berman wearing the, you know, the taxation, the big Willy Wonka yellow taxation is theft hat. And, you know, again, Berman Supreme wearing a, a boot and others saying just these ridiculous, you know, things and just making a big joke out of it it was a little bit more serious, a little bit more formal and people can kind of that are not aware of the libertarian movement could take it a little bit more. Like you said, like it's a little bit more legitimate, right? Yeah. And to your point briefly too, this, I mean, and, and, and this is not even just bad. And then, you know, some people need to get active because I, I feel like Ron Paul did such an amazing job over his career. And then 2008 and 2012, to really build up the Libertarian Party in the movement in general, even though he kind of went to be a Republican after the fact. But we built up such a huge thing with that. And I really feel like two things happened. One, the Libertarian Party dropped the ball. Like you said, this goes to your point about Vermin Supreme. Um, even Gary Johnson, uh, he's good, but he's no Ron Paul. And on top of that, it's not just... The fact that when when good people do nothing, vermin supreme happens. When good people do nothing, we did. If there was so many people who were who woke up and, and changed the world because of Ron Paul, if we would have had those people become young leaders and get involved in the Libertarian Party, maybe we would have had a proper heir to Ron Paul's throne 
instead of having no now what do we got like bill weld and and all this stuff i mean it's right. pretty insane it is and there's a certain amount of like there's a, a certain amount of deception that because of people doing these crazy things to grab attention they're just attention seekers you know who knows they might not even really believe in the in the libertarian movement but again it that's neither here or there when people see this kind of stuff do you really want somebody with a a boot on your head representing you and even at the local level a lot of voters they've been in the dark for so long that you know they don't understand that there's more than two parties there's more than two sides and that's what you're representing. That's what you're giving out, you know, to to try to educate people. I mean, yeah, it might work for kids, I guess, you know, or, you know, little children. But for adults, they want to know, okay, is this person that I'm going to vote for going to actually represent my my freedoms? Is actually going to defend my freedoms, right? Or are they just going to go around saying ridiculous things, cursing and acting like a fool. I mean, if we want to earn hearts and minds, we have to show them that we we are serious about it, that we're going to actually do our jobs and not dancing on a stage naked. You know, it's a big difference, I guess. Yeah, and keep in mind while you're out there too, as we were talking about before, you know, people out there have a really... And that's the thing too, like... uh there's a great YouTube channel and I'm giving them a plug. I'm not getting paid by them or anything like that, but it's called charisma on command. And it talks about, uh, I would recommend it for any, to, to you, Mr. Pace and anybody out there watching or pardon me, listening, it's charisma on command. And what it talks about is, you know, little psychological tricks based on, you know, psychological studies that can, help us be more personable, help us talk to people better, help us get our message across better. And I think that's very important because like you say, perception is everything, right? You know, if I show up and I'm dressed as a cop, people think I'm a cop. And if I show up on a boot in my head, people think I'm a jackass. So we need to represent ourselves better and we need to know what we're talking about. And we need uh, to get people of all persuasions to to get to get out there and, and look professional because for so long, you know, the, 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 these terms, anarchist, libertarian, they conjure up certain things. And if we don't change the cultural associations around them, then we're never going to have any victory. Exactly. And some might say that that's just playing into the same game of the left and the right and, you know, trying to manipulate information but it's not. It's like you said. We they've manipulated people into believing those words. Anar- anarchist, libertarian, are related to either violence, chaos. It's just trying to redefine those words to its true meaning, back to its true meaning, right? And I don't think that's playing into the same game as the uh, the left or the right. I think it's just educating people properly. Well, we have That's the to, way I see it. Yeah, well, and we have to deal with reality too, right? So, you know, do I believe that there's, you know, terrible things in vaccines, aborted baby tissue and thimerosal and aluminum and insect DNA and all that stuff? Yeah, but, you know, you don't just want, you don't just come across to somebody and, you know, all oh, their spraying chemtrails and there's vaccines and stuff like that. Yeah, you have to take into account reality too, because you know, I'll give you one quick story. There was somebody that I was uh, that I was working with was part of that group, the Open Minds Alliance, and they're like, "Hey, I'm going to run for local office." I was like, "Okay." And they were like, "Hey, I'd like you to be the man, uh, my campaign manager." I was like, "Okay." Seemed like a very cool person. I got to know him a little bit. Very smart. Probably agree with about ninety ninety five percent of what they said. Then they came to work on the campaign in my house and I live in Providence. I, I live in, um, in a not very affluent neighborhood. I live in the middle of the city and, uh, and on, on his, uh, on the back of his car, uh, which I'd never seen before were two were three bumper stickers in the middle was a don't tread on me. Ah, fair enough. But on either side, it was flanked by the battle flag of Northern Virginia or more commonly known as 
the Confederate flag. So, you know, right. perception is everything. Now, this guy, he if he sat there and talked to him and he let you know logically about, you know, most of his positions, fine. And he, you would, he'd sound like a reasonable person and you agreed on most of the things he says. But we have to understand that perception is reality because this guy could be awesome. But you know what? You just ruined everything now by throwing that battle flag on. And and now every perception is everything. So I couldn't possibly stay right. with that person and let my years of hard work go to the wayside because, you know, like I said at the beginning of this little rant here, we need to deal with reality. And it's, you know, we're not trying to deny reality. We're not saying, hey, use propaganda. But, you know, there's a certain way you go about doing things. And you have to kind of play into what people know now and slowly change the their reality because the reality they have now is not accurate, but it is their reality. And for them to just be confronted with what what our movement is after years, decades, centuries of conditioned to the reality they, they have today. Exactly. And to your point, the powers that shouldn't be along with the media have made truth so far from reality, it makes our job even more difficult. So if I was just to come on your show and people on your podcast have never heard of me and I'm sure the majority of the people that listen to your podcast are at least semi-woke or have an idea of what's going on. But even if, let's just say you didn't have a, a audience that was aware, that aware, and I just came on somebody's podcast and I was like, the government, the CIA was hijacking people. They were stealing people out of hospitals and out of jails and prisons. They were sexually, electronically assaulting them. They were raping people with battery acid and all this other stuff. They'd be like, okay, this guy's unhinged. But if I showed you declassified MK Ultra documents, if I showed you the church hearing committees, which are on YouTube, which shows the congressmen talking to these CIA people, uh, you know, decades ago when they're talking about having a heart attack gun and you see it all there, then it's a different story. Then it's up to that person to deny it. So I, I think what James and I are talking about here is, you know, we're not telling anybody to deny the facts or deny the truth, but just, you know, let's be, let's use the tools that we have around us and let's not deny reality. You know, we, we have right. to keep perception and everything. So, you know, if I go up to somebody and I see it happen all the time, I mean, I used to live across the street from um, this Walgreens and I went and I used to have to wear a suit for work. I went in one day with the suit. They were like, oh, hey, hello, sir. How are you? Oh, is there anything I can help you find? I went in the next day with a backwards hat and a hoodie and I was followed around by security. So that's just an example <laughs> of how how important perception is. So we need to keep that in mind when we're doing things. Take a couple extra minutes when you're going out, you know. Iron your shirt. If there's if you if you're gonna ask a question to a government official or you know, if they're having an open house, something like that, you know, practice it a little bit. Do do a little bit of your research because it makes all the difference in the world whether you ask somebody a very hard hitting intelligent question or if you're falling on your your butt and like Vermin Supreme was at the straight pride parade and a megaphone yelling obscenities uh, with the boot on your head. So it's very, very important what Mr. Pace is talking about right now. Thanks. It feels validating to find uh, That's why I've followed your videos and I, I subscribe to your YouTube is because it's refreshing to see that there is somebody out there that is willing to take the time out of their day. Right. I, I barely get any sleep. You can ask my wife, my poor wife, I barely get any sleep because I'm constantly working on these things. I have to f- work a full-time job to earn money, right? A, you know, what, if you want to call it your, you know, the the day job. And I spend hours after my day job working on looking for things to try to educate people, try to get people into the platform to discuss certain things, uh, certain topics. And for somebody to just, Find somebody else out there that does the same thing. I imagine that you've had numerous sleepless nights editing video, editing, preparing information, reading books. It's exhausting for people like us, and we need more people like us to kind of relieve that a little bit, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, and we don't need, we we do need. I mean, many hands makes light work, 
But right now, if you and I decided to join arms, like in the last scene of V for Vendetta, and storm the Capitol building, they're going to shoot us to death or arrest us. But if 100,000 people did that, they won't be able to do it. So that's very important. And, you know, uh, my question really goes out to the listeners is, you know, you have two choices here, listeners. So you can either be on the right or the wrong side of history. You can grow old and you can have your grandkids say, hey, when the NSA was admittingly illegal spying and we had these illegal unconstitutional wars and when drone strikes were hitting and the CIA was assassinating people and we're $23 trillion in debt and the NSA and the TSA and the Patriot Act, uh, what were you doing? Oh, well, I was playing Call of Duty and I was watching NFL. I'm not going to be put in that position and I know neither are you. And even if, if, if you're a religious person, you don't want to spend your life here and say that you didn't do something. The Quran has quotes talking about it. The Bible, Ephesians 5.11 says, have no part in acts of darkness, rather expose them. Every single religious text in the world, even philosophers, you know, there are some people like, um, you know, Plato who said, you know, let's just hang out by myself and I'll just philosophize by myself. But then there are people like, no, dude, uh, we need people like uh, Socrates and Aristotle who said, yeah, we need to engage with people. There's no, there's no philosophy. There's no nothing without engaging in people. And, you know, what do you want on your tombstone? Do you want it to say that here lied a guy that, you know, towed the line, played a bunch of video games and died? Or do you want to be on the right side of history and say this guy kicked butt or at least tried his hardest? So everybody out there has a choice to make. Do you want to bend over and continue to take it up the butt? Or do you want your life to mean something? Absolutely. I couldn't have put it better. Uh, Let's uh, give us a shameless plug on on what you're doing, your YouTube channel and how to, how to follow you. Yeah. So I'm on YouTube, demand the truth, Patreon, demand the truth, Instagram, demand the truth. My name is Will Turbit, T-U-R-B-I-T-T. If you Google my name, you can find me there. Uh, I do a couple radio shows. You can find all that. If you just Google my name, T-U-R-B-I-T-T, Will Turbit, or if you go to my Facebook or, or Instagram or anything like that, anybody can also email me or reach out to me on Facebook, Will Turbit, or my email is WilliamTurbit, T-U-R-B-I-T-T at gmail.com. Got a bunch of things going on. If anybody wants to be involved and help, one of the biggest things I'm working on is the CPS, DCYF situation where the government is just supposed to be protecting the the worse off kids, but they're doing an even worse job. And uh, I'm, all, I'm always doing something, interviews, whether I'm interviewing people or I'm on the streets, confronting people or research. I'm always doing something. I'm always looking for help. And I'm sure Mr. Pace is too. So get in touch with him. And I'd also like to extend the offer for you in the next week or so to come on my show and we can help promote your podcast as well. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Thank you. It excites me quite a bit to have these conversations with not just people that agree with me. It even excites me even more when I get people that don't agree with me and come onto this platform and have a civil discussion with me. So I guess what I would put out is if you heard anything that me and Will have talked about that you just completely don't agree with, or you just want to uh, have a discussion about it and understand it better, reach out to one of us. And, you know, we, we're not going, we're not these mean people that are going to curse you out. that are going to, berate you or try to shove information down your throat. We'll have a conversation and help either answer questions that you just don't understand or just have the simple discussion and try to reach understanding. And that's all we want to do. We're not violent. We're not aggressive and we're peaceful. We're peaceful people. So I invite anybody that wants to talk to me onto my podcast and I'm sure will is always happy to talk to, to people as well. Absolutely. So that's all we got. Thanks again, Will, for being on. This is Pace and Freedom Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Pace and Freedom. Check out my website, www.paceandfreedom.com. On there, you can get early access to episodes up to 24 hours. Sometimes I'm 
uh, a little bit quicker than that. And you can even access certain videos or sorry, podcasts, episodes, 48 hours ahead of time. Just become a pledge member for as little as $2 a month. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and on YouTube. So don't forget to subscribe and like.